It's the 1st of July 2020 and it's Uncle Jim's World of Bond. Now it's the new quarter, we've had half a year of uh, performance from all the different asset classes out around the world and Deutsche Bank tracked 38 of them, um, including commodities, bonds, equities, etc. In the second quarter, absolutely every one of that 38 delivered positive returns and year to date, 13 of the 38 are, are up in positive territory despite everything that's gone on in terms of coronavirus and the, the cessation of the global economy. So year to date, gold is up 17% and in the second quarter, the big winner was oil with WTI up around 90% from those disastrous negative numbers that we saw in March. So quick look down the league table of asset class returns year to date. Um, down in the, the bottom of the rises, we have BTPs, Italian government bonds, silver, European sovereign government bonds, bunds, uh, better still, US investment grade, even better, US Treasury bonds, gilts are the third best performing asset class year to date. And actually yesterday, 30-year gilts briefly traded lower in yield than Japanese government uh, bonds of the same maturity. Um, you know, the thesis about turning Japanese that global uh, Western economies would end up looking very much like Japan does appear to be coming true. Kind of astonishing that long-dated gilts trade with lower yields than long-dated JGBs. In second place year-to-date is the NASDAQ equity index and as I said before up 17% we have gold year-to-date. Just thinking about yesterday's bond markets we have US 10-year uh, treasuries a little weaker at 68 basis points JGB is off that zero and now trade at a five basis point yield. Gilts at 17 basis points, briefly trading at what would have been a record low close for the gilt market. And if we look at two year and five year gilts, uh, both sharply negative now, properly negative, not just a basis point uh, negative in yield there. So good, uh, good performance from the gilt market and bunt at minus 44 basis points. When it comes to credit, investment grade at 150, high yield at 650, and emerging markets at 200, having trickled um, wider from a couple of weeks ago when it was down at 172. So, you know, this slight weakness in risk assets persists, but um, it was a, a better day for them yesterday on the whole. Now, a couple of things I want to talk about today. The first one is uh, Boris Johnson's much heralded. Uh, speech about what he was going to do to stimulate the economy and remember that when this uh, was announced that he was going to be doing this the the kind of leaked um, content around the speech was full of hints that this would be equivalent to FDR's New Deal and talk about Johnson being a Rooseveltian uh, Prime Minister of, of, of the UK and that would get huge amounts of government spending on infrastructure and so forth. In fact, that, none of that happened really and people were kind of scratching their heads as to you know, wh wh where it disappeared to over the time of the, the kind of leaking and briefing to the speech and why. Nevertheless, um, Ed Conway of Sky put out a good chart on Twitter if you, if you look for it yesterday. Um, in which, you know, fair enough, he was saying that it wasn't this new deal that people were expecting, but compare and contrast FDR's budget deficit spending and government borrowing with what the UK is different, and it's kind of a different story. You know, we are doing multiples of budget deficits that FDR did in the US in the, in the Great Depression. So looking at 1932 and onwards, uh, the US deficit 
was around about 4%, peaking out just above 6% of GDP. Now, even in the financial crisis in the UK, our deficit hit 10% of GDP. In 2020, on the basis of what we know already, um, our deficit now is 15% of uh, GDP. So, you know, anything three times higher than FDR's so-called New Deal. I guess the difference is really that our uh, deficit rise so far is really all about falling tax receipts and about those furlough costs. Remember, we have 9.3 million people on furlough at the moment and two and a half people who are self-employed claiming uh, self-employed benefits because they, they're not working um, either. So, you know, a lot of that um, deficit spending we're doing is, is really... Uh, keeping the wolf from the door and reflecting the fact that our national income has fallen, so we're not collecting the taxes at the moment. Not much of it is these big deals, you know, the the dam building, the roads, the motorways, the high-speed rail, etc., etc. Yeah. So maybe we get that at a later date, but so far we're not seeing that. But just um, I thought Ed Conway's chart was very good to put into context the amount of government borrowing we're doing compared to the Great Depression. Now, staying on the UK, yesterday we had a speech from Andy Haldane. Andy Haldane's Bank of England MPC member. He's the only one who didn't vote for an increase in quantitative easing at the time of the last MPC meeting. He was, he was very much an outlier. And the quote that people have focused on, and actually the quote that really um, invited a lot of criticism from economic commentators, you know, everyone wants to be positive, everyone wants to be upbeat, but the quote that this recovery is so far V-shaped, um, I think was treated with a lot of scepticism. Um, you know, it was kind of bound to be some sort of rebound. Haldane points to consumer spending. A lot of that at the moment is things like, includes food stockpiling, the buying of household stuff that we need, rather than, I think, reflecting the, the animal spirits and the, you know, the the joie de vivre that, that kind of is implied within a V-shaped recovery analysis. Haldane does acknowledge those huge unemployment numbers that we talked about earlier on. You know, half the UK workforce is effectively without a job at the moment. But I think that, you know, if you're an optimist, then please go away and read Andy Haldane's speech. It was very, very uh, positive on the UK. You know, a lot of us do think that we are going to see a significant bounce in growth, but not necessarily, you know, this is kind of a base effect bounce in growth, not something more sustainable. And, and that overhang of unemployed people really, uh, I think, ought to have a high weighting in your expectations of what happens to the UK economy going forwards. Final thing I want to touch on is Germany. Uh, we've talked about ESG a few times uh, on the podcast. Germany yesterday announced it's going to be doing green buns. So these are buns that are going to be specifically earmarked to invest in Germany's green transformation. Remember, Germany's a very dirty um, energy producer. It's, uh, it backed the coal horse a while ago because it, it stopped doing nuclear. You know, in stark contrast to France, which very much is uh, a nuclear-powered state, um, after nuclear accidents, including you know, Chernobyl and um, Japan, 
they you know they don't have nuclear energy in Germany and um, lots and lots of coal energy so these bonds these bunds will help finance a green transformation to start with they're doing about 12 billion or up to 12 billion euros worth of bonds at the 10-year area of the curve in September uh, but expect to see an expansion of that and expect to see other major economies follow suit I guess have a good day